The Anton Savage Show Sunday. Brought to you by PwC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. Now, I'm joined by a man who has what I think is one of the more remarkable life stories. He is now a successful businessman. He has his own uh, gym. The the fact that he got there and that he is a successful businessman is remarkable given the challenges that he went through. He, When he was eight years of age, his dad was murdered. When he was 18, his brother was murdered. And he found himself getting involved in gangland crime to the extent that he ended up being kneecapped. George McCabe, he's the owner of G-Force Gym. He's with us. Good morning, George. Good morning. Now, we will get to the gym and how it is all going now. Let's go back. Give us a sense of, of the your background. Tell us what happened with your father. Tell us what happened with your brother. Yeah, with my father, well, my father was shot dead in Tallaght. Uh, he was kind of one of the first kind of major shootings involved in gangland activities. Uh, it was a mistaken identity, to be honest with you. Um, it was down to the fact that it wasn't supposed to be him. It was supposed to be somebody else and he uh, was just at the wrong place. At the wrong, but he kind of followed him thinking it was him. Do you um, remember him well? You were eight at the time? Um, I, just, I remember a lot about my dad. My dad was mad for the horses and mad for animals. So we had out our back garden, we had sheep. We had goats. We had guinea pigs. We had horses. We had dogs. We had pigeons. We had ducks. We had fish. <laughs> we had everything. We had everything. My dad was, uh, yeah, he loved animals. So we loved taking in stray animals. So we had stray animals all over the house, all over the gardens. We had a big back t- in Tallaght. The gardens were really big back then because they were. All- well, if you ducks, sheep, goats, yeah, we fish, had. Oh, I mean, we had big. everything, Pat. We had everything. So, what impact did it have on you? Because I assume at eight years of age, your dad is still. Um, it was a quite tough because we, when we were living in Tallaght, we were getting a lot of hassle off people. After the aftermath of it, they were trying. They wanted to burn us out of the house, and they didn't want us actually living in the Tallaght area. So we were forced. We were forced to move out of Tallaght. Um, as far as I can remember, that was the reason why we moved down to Drimley. Um, so there was just a lot of issues with me dad's family and how they kind of blamed. They kind of blamed. I think some of them kind of blamed me mas kind of side of it. I don't want to get too much of no, that in case I'm saying the wrong things. No, no, of course not. But then tell us, so you moved to Drimna. How long after that was your brother killed? My brother was killed on the day of my 18th. He was, sorry, he was, he was, he was found on the 1st of December in the laneway in Injikor. Um, he was, uh, he was tortured to death with a, uh, the skewer rod. They used a skewer rod. They put a skewer rod into his head. Oh, let's not, let's not go into the detail of it just yeah. because I'm so, conscious of people um, listening that, about the horror. That was probably the worst thing that ever hit me and ever in my entire, entire life that was that was rock bottom for me um, it was one of the hardest things I ever took on because the morning that he died on the me on my birthday he paid for a seagull limo to pick us up on my 18th birthday and that showed up at the house to pick the day us that up. he died the day of our birthday he, he paid for a limousine to bring us all out on a day trip we end up still going out in the limo just to celebrate but me and my brother end up leaving the limo early and going home early because it was just too much to handle um, he lasted nine days in hospital um, and we took me, my ma got the machine, me, uh, everything was just, there was nothing kind of still alive, we were, just, we, were just holding for, we were just holding for hope, to be honest with you. Um, two hours before he died, I went in, I sat beside him, and I just said, look, I love it a bit. Um, and he grabbed me, hand, he, he squeezed, well, whatever, I don't know what it was, but he squeezed my hand, his hand squeezed my fingers, and um, then we just got pulled out of the room by the doctors and said, look, they had to do something, so. 
And did that did did that not make you think I should avoid anything to do with crime? Um, it seems to have gone the other way. It seems because like, what happened because how what happened um, was involved with a lot of people that were kind of in what circle of what we were kind of so. Before that happened, we were. I was kind of a small. I was. A, well, I still. I still was. I never got anything. I never went any big. I was a small time drug dealer. Um, I sold small drugs just to pay for some nice clothes and to be able to socialize because I didn't have the money to socialize. So it wasn't really too easy to get a job back then either because I walked out of school, so I had no certs in skill. And um, any job I got, I always left because I just wanted to be out on the streets with my friends. I wanted to be around my friends. Um, so I pick up selling like small small time drugs. I was never a big time drug dealer. I wasn't I was just around it but I wasn't around I was never one of the biggest ones I was always a smaller little one at the back the back end just making a few quid here and there I was 9% in death all the time to be honest with you so, And how did you then end up getting kneecapped in this? Um, I personally kind of can't really talk about that part to be honest with you um, it was a, it was something I done I done a very bad thing um, and what happened it was a deservedly um, it was deser- I was deser- whatever happened to him was deserved basically I deserved it. Um, I took. You deserve to be Nika. Um, yeah, like I don't kind. Like, as I said, look, I don't want to talk too much about that. Just, just for personal. Problems. But without without getting into why it happened, talk yeah. to me about the impact of it because I can only imagine. Um, it was the horror. worst thing that ever happened to me, pal. Because it took everything from me. Um, it just took me manhood from me. Um, I went down into a deep addiction of uh, tablets and drugs. Uh, to suppress the pain uh, I have my girlfriend Amy um, she used to sit down at the end of my bed every single night and rub my feet and massage my feet so because I imagine being able to walk for 19 years and that can't take them out of me um, I couldn't feel my legs um, for the first while uh, they tried to amputate my first leg they tried to amputate my uh, right leg because there was not all the nerve damage was shattered so the bullets are still in my legs um, so they went down my knee and landed in my foot and shattered the nerve all the way down the foot. So they were going to take my right knee off until one of the doctors only realised I was only 19 years of age and said that because he's so young, he might be a, he, that would be a, a massive chance of recovery on the on the leg. Like. So explain then, what you've described there, I would have thought, if without it being you, if you just said it about anybody, you'd say, well, mm. that is somebody who has gone through the kind of childhood and life that means that they are destined to have a very difficult yeah. time of adulthood. Um, what turned it for you? Because you're now running well, I the never, gym. My goal, my goal as a youth was to live till 22. That was the truth. So what turned it? Uh, my son, my girlfriend, told me she was pregnant one day. Um, if that happened to me legs as well, was a, was a wake up call to say like it's time to like it's either, like that was another that was another escape goal. So I was in some near death crashes in in a few like rob cars when we were younger where we flipped cars and landed into ditches. Um, so I was kind of in and out of like very near death experiences of car crashing and everything else like that. Um, but the birth of your son was what made you think the birth. This my girlfriend said, "Yeah, it was just it was a nail on the head. It was like my brother. My brother had uh, young Edward, um, and young Edward was six months old when Eddie was when Eddie when Eddie died. Like. So tell us about your life now. My life now was just amazing." I have a fantastic community. Uh, I have a fantastic girlfriend, great two kids. I have great friends. I've built great friends. Uh, I have a great gym, a gym that I call home and a gym that many people call home that was built from scratch. Uh, we built that gym from, with no financial money 
Um, I didn't even have a bank account when I started. I don't I didn't even have a euro actually when I started. I had nothing. Um, I started in a kitchen. Uh, lockdown came, so I decided to run uh, free classes in my kitchen live on Instagram, where I used to have people get two bottles of water and two cans of beans. I used to get them to get a hot towel and put it at the door and turn an electric heater on in that kitchen. And we used to do heated free classes online on Instagram. Um, and I used to think it was nuts because I just never done it before. And I used to stare at a little phone in my corner. And I used to send there saying, nobody's watching me. And I'm screaming like a mad thing into a phone, slipping on a big slippery floor because the heat was putting all the condensation onto the floor. I'm sliding all over the place. Uh, but then I started getting messages up, loads of people from Australia, uh, Canada, uh, a woman texted us from saying, can you still be doing my video tonight? Me and my family, we're all waiting in the sitting room. We have the beans. We went down and got the waters. <laughs> uh, we're at the, we didn't have an electric heater. One, a woman texted me before saying, I didn't have an electric heater, so I went down and bought one. So, uh, <laughs> mate, you, you couldn't write it. Yeah, I swear and, to God. And then when lockdown finished, you you pivoted this into being the gym. Um, yeah, well, business. lockdown was still there. So when lockdown, so what happened was uh, the the videos on Instagram. I, I slipped on the actual uh, in my kitchen and I smashed my knee. So my knee was banjoed for a while. So we didn't do any videos for a while. So I was like, what can I do? Because I can't interact here. So I said, I'm gonna go out to that field. So I was just looking out the window there. So I'm going out to that field. So I went out to the field and I was training on my own. And I was doing my own thing. And then I put up onto the page, so guys, anyone to come down, do a free do a free 40 minutes and get out. Come on now. So the, a few people came down, we were running free classes and people are going past and they were screaming out the window saying, is that mad things? Look at you, it was mad things. And I remember saying to the four people that are still in my class now, one day we're going to laugh at all them. We're going to have the biggest community gym in the whole of Ireland, I said to them. I said, I'm going to build that for you. So How gonna, many are in the gym now? Yeah, we've up around 800 members a day. And the gym is G-Force, so if people want to look it G- up. Yeah, so the gym G-Force. is G-Force Fitness based at St. John Bosco in Drimley, Dublin Travel Course in the gym and Lewis stuff. Uh, we've just recently now started a free running club um, and over 250 people have showed up to that for the first three runs. You said that when you were 19, you figured your hope was to live to be 22. Yeah. What's your ambition now? My ambition now is just wake up every day and just keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, living living a, a dream that I never thought would ever be a reality. Um, for anybody out there that's struggling, my main thing to you is, is to take action. Without action, you can't chase your, your dream. Uh, sitting at home and trying to pretend that you are handed the worst life possible. Um, everybody has a story. Everybody has a beginning and everybody has an end. It's how you start your beginning and it's how your end will end. Uh, everybody can shape their own future um, and can start their own, dest- their own destiny, which I done. I took a step and I acted on it. And I'd like to say that anyone else out there that's struggling, um, our gym is always open for anybody. It's not just there for people that came from any type of violence. It's there for anybody that's suffering any type of mental health or any type of issues whatsoever. If it's down to the fact that you don't like your husband and you want to get out of the house for an hour, we're there. We're here and we're here to help no matter what. Um, and, and is that what you're finding that the people who come to the gym are coming in part for physical com- but in part for emotional everybody that comes to a gym as there for the mental health the only people that come for physical body shapes they leave after a week we've noticed two weeks they're, they're just not there for that it's not what we offer it's not what we bring and they'll be like oh I want to lift heavy weights and I wonder, like, we bring a structure that people come in they train for 45 minutes at high intensity and they walk out with a wow factor and we bring that every single day we bring a new style every single day so we change the style every single day what they're the people, we know what people, uh, with three great trainers, Craig, Mick, Connor, 
without them, nothing is possible either. Craig, so, Mick and Connor were the ones with you who were yeah. shouted out the yeah. window when all so this they're, started. Like, they're the main men, they're the people that, they're the three main men that, that shaped the future. George, it's an extraordinary story. That is George McCabe. He is the owner of GeForce Gym and obviously you can fling GeForce Gym into uh, Google or into any of the Instagram sites and I think there's probably going to be pictures up on your daughter's TikTok yes. after this as well. That will be done. To, uh, <laughs> hunt him down on that. The Anton Savage Show. Brought to you by PwC. Sunday mornings from 10. On News Talk.